covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Fans of the 50-yard fight, this is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman hosting the show as always. Joining alongside me, good friend, good buddy, good podcasting extraordinaire, Jim Mernier on with me for this latest edition. Jim, before we jump into this show, it's going to be mostly just talking the schedule release. How are things with you, man? What's new? Right now, I'm heading south on Interstate 95, heading towards Orlando. Yeah, Predators fans. Jay Dash is going to be in your city here in a couple of hours. And <laughs> actually, honestly, once I arrive, it'd be the best looking city ever because besides from that, you're nothing. Um, no, I'm going to a wedding uh, this weekend down in Orlando. So I'm, everything's going good. Uh, work's kind of calmed down. Uh, like, again, I don't care about your packages still, uh, but now it's just mail. So if everything else is good, bought my season tickets for this season. So I'm excited and yeah, I know. We we Shark fans and we Cobra fans uh, ticked off most of the league because we wanted to play 14 games. But besides from that, it's been good. Uh, holidays went well. Happy New Year, everybody. And, uh, yeah, let's we're, we're getting close. Uh, just unfortunately for us, it's three months until kickoff, April, something like that, four months. I mean, I mean I'm getting the freaking days confused all right. Yeah, no, a- April 23rd is going to be uh... – kickoff for the national arena league so we are just a little over three months away until we are back to an all-new season with new with at least one new face in the crowd and we'll get to check out their first home game too with the gunslingers as it says on the schedule which i want to get into this first by the way so we had the schedule release a few few weeks back um we didn't get to really talk on it then but we finally are getting around getting able to now and there's a few things, of course, to take out. You mentioned one, and we'll we'll leave that as the bulk of the conversation. The other piece that, to me, instantly sticks out is we've been hearing that Freeman Coliseum for the San Antonio Gunslingers was going to be their home venue, but the league lists the facility as the Alamo Dome. Now, the Alamo Dome is, of course, more of a standard football stadium. However, it has been an arena football stadium in the past for the San Antonio Talons, and I haven't been able to get confirmation on if that is true or not. Um, hopefully, maybe the show releases and I get a text from from uh, Mr. Hector Garcia himself or someone who is more in the know. But right now, the, the NAO website says it's the Alamo Dome. Well, can we really trust anything from the NAO website? And, uh, that, that's another point that you have to add into there. So that's good. But I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying, man. Honestly, what can we trust from that website? It updates game scores two days after the game's completed. That's fair. But so, here's here's um, the thing. How do you, how do you mess up? Like it's one thing to mess up the initial p- press release on the gunslinger saying like, well, they're getting new uniforms and things. But how can you then do it again where you put Alamo Dome if that is the case? Yeah, that's uh. I, I've never went to journalism school. I've went to communication school at Florida State University, and they teach you right off the bat, if you're going to put something on a website, that's PR. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff where you need to represent your league. And if you can't get your information correct within the own same league that you operate in, how the hell are you going to 
convince people of certain things. Because if you look at the, if you go tickets, no matter what, no matter where you look for them, the Alamo Dome is in some, and others it says venue to be determined. So either it's San Antonio or Hector not getting the information to the NAL, or the NAL hasn't updated their website. Um, but honestly, I, looking at it from a fan perspective, the Alamo Dome has had time history of arena football. They, the San Antonio Talents played there for two years, so they've put if they put an arena football field in that stadium, it's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, only thing that I look at is. How much is Hector going to have to pay to play in the Alamo Dome compared to the Freedom Coliseum or maybe trying to get somehow into, was it AT&T Arena or something? I think that's what they call the San Antonio Spurs Arena. That would be the other primary option if you're not doing Freeman. But again, that's I think they chose Freeman because there was the price. And this is why it's it's all confusing is because, again, they've been saying Freeman this whole time that that's even what Hector said on on our interview we had on here when I chatted with him so again I'm just confused like how does this how does the NAL website if they are talking to each other how do you put Alamo Dome if it's not the Alamo Dome that's why I'm asking for that's why we're asking for clarification again and I hope that someone listening to this which I know owners do tells me or you that because that's a little silly if you somehow screw that up again for a new member that's just joined yeah, and also it would be nice because we know the owners. We've had conversation with the owners and the coach. But it would be nice if we had some feedback from San Antonio fans because I guarantee you if it was like the Carolina Cobras at the Jacksonville Sharks played in Everbank Field, there would be an uproar because people were like, why are we playing our in a game in the outdoor football stadium? What's going on? And people are like, oh, crap, that's just a mistype. My bad. And honestly <laughs> – the mistype would be like, well, at least there's a winning football team on the field, um, in Everbank Field, but it's just you know they don't the Sharks play in the arena compared to the actual football field. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, Zach, it's strange how we as fans of this league, and that's me and you have covered this league now for two years, we nitpick on the smallest things, and we find a way to like that small thing would just aggravate the hell out of us. Uh, we, we did kind of help the Sharks a little bit get their social back up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just strange. It's like, I think, honestly, it's a mistype. Or there is confirmation that they're going to be in the Alamo Dome. It's just that now they're waiting for the official confirm, confirmation of it. And that's why Hector or anybody from San Antonio hasn't confirmed it. Um, but honestly, this is what, if you don't know where it's going, don't put Alamo Dome. Just put to be determined or to be announced. So we as fans, we like, maybe do I should I make that trip to San Antonio because I want to be in the Alamo Dome or should I like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Freedom Coliseum. Huh. Right. Yeah, or, or like, or like you're to. saying, put the previously known knowledge. Like it's been established even before they released the schedule that Freeman Coliseum yeah. was the place. So so just put that, you know, yeah. like it, you should be able to sure, type sure. it into the, into the area. So. But also, you got to remember, remember the New York streets a couple of years ago that the shitty organization I make yes. fun of? Yes, and then the Atlanta Knicks are like my favorite two teams of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you don't know the American, uh, it was an American AAF. I forgot if it was American Alliance American Alliance American football. The Atlanta Legends, I gave them a name called the Atlanta Myths, and that's what they are. They're the Atlanta Myths because there was nothing legendary about that crappy organization. <laughs> um, but the New York streets, when they were 
when they first became into the NAL, they said they had won their games in Madison Square Garden. When I read that, I laughed my ass off. It's like, there's no way that shitty team is going to play in one of the most famous arenas in all the freaking sports. Right. And I knew that was a lot. And they didn't change it until literally, I think, the first game of the season. They were like, oh, we're going to this. I forgot what the like complex was. And it, and it's not even a legal size field. And if you just go look at NEL New York Street games on YouTube, you'll understand why. Right. Well, um, but that's one thing I want to say to the, the San Antonio fans and the NAL fans. I think it's a, yeah, Alamo Dome, but don't be surprised if it is the Freedom Center and it just haven't really changed it until the last second like they did with the streets. Mm-hmm. That's possible. I, I think, mm-hmm. and you're talking your theory about how, you know, maybe they're still organizing it is the thing. I mean, at the moment, you know, they're, they haven't, the, the gunslingers themselves haven't released single tickets that I am aware of. I haven't been able to tell that from their social or any, or their website. So, you know, season tickets, you don't really need per se the location, I, I would say. So you can then just pick that package up, you know, single games. It's more to me important on, you know, locale than you're planning really just that one weekend. So yeah, maybe there is credence to that theory. And maybe, and again, we can have that confirmed after we talk and when someone listens in. But this that's just one, like, we're, we've just talked already on that one point, that big. But, you know, there's things you look at the schedule like, okay, that stands out. That's the first thing. You know, the other one that is the bigger topic and the one that we're going to now spend the bulk of the conversation on is, well, <laughs> two of the six teams are playing all 14 weeks and... The other four have two bye weeks. So, Jim, before you, we, you and I got on, and we've known this for a minute, but you're a Jacksonville Sharks fan. Explain between what happened with them and the Cobras why this is the case. Uh, the reason why this is a case, ladies and gentlemen, is that the Jacksonville Sharks and the Cobras months ago uh, started selling season tickets to their fans for seven home games. And they weren't going to change it. Uh, the people I've talked to, Jacksonville is going to seven games, uh, no COVID restrictions. They're going to try and put as many fans in that arena as they can based on what happened last year. Carolina did the same. And the knowledge of why they kept that seven is because they were expecting the Rough Riders and the flight to be in the league this year. Mm. Unfortunately, that did not happen. So, They've already sold tickets to season tickets for seven home games here in Jacksonville. And from what I've heard, also in Carolina, so they can't go back on that. So Carol Bros and the Sharks jumped ahead on the season ticket thing while the other league, other, the other four members that are at 12 season or six games, home games, um, waited until their schedule came out before they did their season ticket operation. So Honestly, that's the reason why. And so how do you help the team that has the extra home game? You play them twice, uh, two more times. That's why Carolina and Jacksonville are playing each other. So they can still get that extra home game for each season ticket package for their both teams. But the one thing, like, I know it's strange. We get 14, everyone else gets 12. The winning percentage goes down there. I guarantee there'll be some situation where if there's – a couple of ties it's going to come down to 
you know, Sharks have to eliminate two, a game or the Carolina Covers have to eliminate a game because they play an extra two games. But most likely it's going to come down to winning percentage for the Sharks or the Cobras in any type of tiebreaker. Um, so, honestly, a team – Sharks can go 7-7 to seven seven to 500 and Columbus could be 6-6 six and six and 500. Well, the tiebreaker between those two teams is how many times they played each other. They played each other three times. The one yeah. that season – the season series, that's your tiebreaker. Uh, so I don't think people are making it such a big deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you're still playing an even number of games. So there is a chance where 500 and 500 would be the tie differential. And plus we're playing everybody else three times. So a lot of tiebreakers will be uh, done. Best of three series. You went to out three, you win the season series. So, um, but for the Carolina and Jacksonville playing 14 games, it was just based on, they were, they were, you know, uh, stern fast of having seven home games for both clubs. And that's the reason why it's happening. I don't think it's a major deal. It's more football than that. Yeah. We're playing Carolina four times this year, but uh, what do you do? We're getting football. It's better than an eight game season than we had last year. We actually have a, a legit 14 game season uh, with him in 15 weeks. So it'll be exciting. No, 16 weeks. No, that, that, and that that's fine. And I could, we could have an expanded conversation on why, I have to me. I guess I could have that. I, I have, I have issue with. I would say, how you have two teams that jumped at the gun, when to me you need to start. Again, we've we've stressed this on the show. You need to start acting as a full unit league, not a collective of teams that come under a banner and individually work in their own sides. Like there's things you do locally, but in terms of like stuff like where it's league wide, you should first focus on getting that out and i know that there was uncertainties with the jersey flight and the rough and of course the rough riders you know i mean it just didn't happen you know and hell jersey it's it's so weird how you know it wasn't that they closed shop they're now in the arena professional football league which is showing up and you know if that if that does its own thing whatever but you know they're they moved on and moved down really and then of course the rough riders it's just a circumstance because they have renovations so you know I'm assuming Jacksonville was bullish as well as Carolina because they're both pretty much they're they're in step with each other for ownership relations in my eyes. So, you know, that's kind of how I see it. And then the other four kind of went, well, let's feel this out. And that's how this happened. I could have a larger conversation about how that didn't go as a full unit. To me, the bigger talk is, okay, Jacksonville and Carolina now have two extra games. They're playing with Ironman rules this year. I see a fatigue issue coming up from two extra full contests this season that I think where to me will wear players down a bit more. And it's a, to me, it's a concern, especially since it, the way I look at it, at least Carolina out of these two or Jacksonville, you would think are in the playoffs for just how they've stacked their rosters so far. Yeah. Right now, basically when you look at the rosters as a whole, Carolina looks like they're going to be a top four team in the NAL this year. Uh, the Sharks are building up a roster that's just as good. Uh, and, you know, it's fatigue does get in and it's going to fatigue is going to hit you no matter what in football. You look right now in the National Football League, the teams that make the playoffs next week, they're going to be tired as hell. Uh, they just went through a 17 game season. Um, a lot of those teams won't take this week's games seriously. 
Um, but the wild cards, you know, 14, they, it's football, man. Honestly, I'm going to just say this. Americans, we Americans, we love football. We don't care if it's USFL, NAL, NFL. Give us more football. Yes, for the athletes, it does stink for them. Um, they do have extended time and extended practices. Um, so, yeah, uh, but based on last, when the schedule came out, I was like, I know Jacksonville and Carolina going to have 14. I wonder if I wonder if the league, is, if Jacksonville, Carolina are going to start a week early and end a week later because um, they had that extra game. And how the schedule came out, I'm like, well, no, that's not going to happen. Because uh, that's what I thought was going to happen. Like, Caroline Jackson will start off one week by themselves, uh, get that extra week, and they end the season the week the week after. So, it coincides with the schedule overall. But uh, it's just, for me, as a fan, football is just, you know, I love it. And no matter if it's week five or week ten or what, what Mason Espinosa told us on our interview, one of our most successful podcasts here on the on Inside the Walls, mm-hmm. uh, players rather ha- enjoy a shorter season because it's a marathon, but players really enjoy a longer season because they can, you know, rest up during the year. Um, but you're a quarterback, so that's <laughs> you're not going to be a <laughs> linebacker slash running back. Our DB slash wide receiver, you you actually have time, um. But yeah, the fatigue is going to get in here. But I look at it this way, it's not like the eight week marathon we had uh, last year where you lose one game, you're you're almost out of luck. Um, mm-hmm. This year, it's it's going to be for the Sharks and the Cobras. I don't want to say it, but it could benefit both teams um, because they have an extra extra two games but also can be the deterrent of why those two teams could be the ones that get ousted in the first round of the playoffs because they played that extra two games while they may be playing a team that only played 12 and had, you know, a, an extra week off before the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be – it's a risk-reward type of situation. And for me as a fan, it's more football. For me as a person that covers this, that covers this league, it's going to be entertaining to watch that story throughout the year. Um, but for me, as a uh, as a you know person who loves the game, I just love it. It's more football, more fun, and plus we have other leagues that are happening this spring. So there's going to be football all weekend on this year. So, uh, but overall, the schedule. Many people said, "Do you like the best of three type of situation?" Like I know Orlando and Jacksonville play each other three times. Columbus right. and Jacksonville play three times. We play everybody three times besides the Carolina Cobras. That's four. Um, I actually, we mentioned that a couple of weeks ago that we think it's, we're going to be playing a lot of three games series to have a 16 game season. We didn't expect it to be a, you know, half, uh, 70% of the league have a uh, 12 games and the other half, the, the, the other 30% of the league is playing 14. Sure. So we didn't expect that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think either, <laughs> but one thing I've learned about the, the arena game is the complaints I hear about fans about the schedule. I laugh because look at the IFL schedule last year. The IFL schedule, I know it's a completely different league. The IFL schedule had teams that played 10 games, 14, 16, and one played 18. So please don't say that you don't like the schedule when the IFL did exactly that last year. 
And yeah, they also that's... had one team that played four games and they had to change the schedule up uh, very quickly because of the Louisville fire. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Right, Louisville extreme, not the fire. The fire been out of business since like 2000. <laughs> Good to specify. It, it, absolutely. But I, I will say, yes, you're, you are correct on that point. The gymnastics will – it isn't going to be as much as that because they did – the IFL, and if we're going to compare it that way, you know, they did have some teams that, too, they wanted to start early. So I get that. Um, it's just – it's just, man, like, you know – I, I was hoping we could avoid that with a full year. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it just didn't turn out that way. And, and the uncertainties of teams it, that we learned either later down the line or happened to come out of the blue, it just, I guess that just, you had some that were bullish, some weren't. And that, that's a conversation we'll have at a later episode, yeah. honestly. And probably throughout the season because of the future of the league is going to be prevalent no matter what we talk about, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's also you can't say we're not as bad as the AAL last year. The AAL had a team that won three games, make the playoffs because mm-hmm. everyone else in their division ceased operations, like they folded. Mm-hmm. So, so this it's um, there's me again taking a jab at the AAL. Um, but anyways, it's just and thank God the gunslingers got out because they looked like they're the only well organized team that took everything seriously in that league. It's just. Now that we're out of COVID, well, technically we're still in COVID, but we're out of COVID. Um, stadiums are full, and you look at the NFL now. I would think I guarantee a lot of these sporting leagues are being like the NFL now due to the COVID situations. Are you asymptomatic? Are you are you systematic? No. Are you vaccinated? Yes. You're playing. Um, so a lot of, see a lot of leagues doing that. NHL is doing the same thing with this COVID situation where if you're vaccinated and you have no symptoms and you get COVID positive, you're playing um, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, the, the day, the, the day we live in. So I don't think COVID's going to have a major issue into this, our league this year. And plus we still have four months until our kickoff. Uh, so hopefully by then COVID is ceased in the history of, of humanity, or we're talking about the evolution of Omicron. Uh, on the next variant would be called Megatron. So I don't know what's going on with COVID. So it could, uh, it could, it could transform into oh, another, wow. uh, you know, movement of Omicron. But but all of, all of a sudden, I think that what the NAL is trying to do, and honestly, I, I wish every team 14 games, honestly. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a situation where I think Jacksonville, Carolina jumped the gun. But people have to understand. The NAL is basically run by the Jacksonville Sharks. All the league operations happen out of the city of Jacksonville. Uh, so I know that I know people don't, a lot of people don't like that, and I understand arguments about that. But Jacksonville was one of those teams that we're playing 14, and you can't change our mind. So that's the reason why. And I don't like it because that's strong arm in yourselves. Like we're doing it our way type of mentality, and I don't like that overall. Um, but honestly, it's something that I think the commissioner, Siegfried, should have been like, we got to talk to this, talk to Josh, talk to Mike, talk to uh, all the owners. It's like, we got to get a stable organization, a league that is together as one. And this is what we're going to do. And yeah, if you sold tickets already, okay, reimburse the fans to get a home game. It's not that hard. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a, this is a, 
discussion we'll continue to keep having. And this year, again, we, we've talked that 2022 is about stabilization and trying to get the coffers built back up so that you can get back to what was going on in 2019, moving into what was supposed to be 2020. So I'm fine with, you know, we got a full 14 weeks, so that's fine. I will live with that. But moving forward, I'm going to keep, I'm going to be that guy on this side that's more hammering home. Like, look, you, you can, and, and I, and Jim, you're right. Like Jacksonville, they are the, they are the big money team. You know, they are the ones that, you know, they have a lot of the infrastructure that moves it, but you have to start at some point. If you want to keep, if you want to either keep up with the IFL or try and be realistically the premier place to go for arena football, because that is changing. The CIF made a lot of moves this year. I'm not even going to, not even stop sugarcoating that. They made a lot of moves this year to make some uh, movement to challenge with the other two. You know, <laughs> you have to act as a full league moving forward and i'm gonna i'm not gonna bring it up too much further in later episodes because we already know this by now and we've both you and i have talked this to death but you know that is going to come up again and i'm going to keep you and i will keep hammering that home that at some point you gotta have both everyone all six working towards a greater good at some point you know yeah. especially if you have your core like we have been hearing which they do you know there's five of them that are the core san antonio sounds like they will be a six for how i've heard good things and what i've talked about look like good things that core has to work as a league not as six teams that are trying to sell just themselves you have to think of the yeah. greater good for everyone at some point you have to have that nfl mentality not that, not the European European mentality. Because you look at European football, uh, actual soccer, the EPL, they're all individual organizations within a league. The league has no control of what happens with these organizations. Mm-hmm. They just like, hey, you're playing this schedule. Okay, cool. See, in the NFL, you're a part of a grant. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you have. 32 teams and you're all working together and you all had that established schedule, seven games season, three preseason the game, 14 people. Problem right now in the East is that we still have that mentality. We're not European style football. We have six teams, potentially not six. We have teams. We do have eight teams coming next year and and I feel like, oh, wait, we got eight teams. We got the Rough Riders, and there will be another expansion. We've already heard that before. Right. Um, but we need to have that mentality where, you know what, next season, 16 games, season, 14 playoffs, 16 playoff, whatever, have that NFL American mentality. I'm not bashing the Europeans, but the European way of sports is that mentality of single single operations of a franchise compared to the whole league mentality. And I think the National Arena League is right now still having that sim- like you said they're having conflicts in identity right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wanna I wanna of course Right. Well I of course want to bring up too, you know, I I acknowledge because I've uh we have a good we're gonna have a good fan of our show uh as well that has brought up these points because of his expertise in uh, minor league sports. Like it is, it is still minor league mentality for the most part right now with arena. Cause I, I don't think either, none, I will say firmly that none of the 
traditional indoor arena leagues that are the top three, I think have gotten to the part where I can truly say it's major league yet. So, you know, there's still those elements. It's just that I, as myself, want to see that move away from that so that we can grow the sport. I, I just, I feel like steps that way with, you know, what's the greater good, you know, of this, of the league is how I'll have to look. You know, the schedule kind of is, a, like I said, the schedule's a tell, you know, and that, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Um, I have one final thing I wanted to talk with you about, Jim, about the schedule, and it, it's week one. Let's look. Let's look at what we're gonna, what matchups we will have on at, on April twenty third. So, uh, you're gonna have three the three matchups for the six teams. San Antonio is hosting their first home game on opening week. They are gonna host the Orlando Predators. The Cobras will be traveling to Columbus, Georgia, to take on the Lions, and Jacksonville will be going over to Albany to take on the twenty twenty one championship Albany Empire. Solid slate, of course. Yeah, it's an interesting slate, and I knew we talked about a couple of weeks ago that the league was going to do a marquee matchup in week one. They were either mm-hmm. going to do Columbus or Albany or Jacksonville or Albany. We called that. Um, but overall in week one, I, from what I've seen is that they didn't announce any times for any of the games, so hopefully we have some staggering of schedules and times for these games. Um, mm-hmm. But overall – uh, I'm looking uh, – I, I want to see that home game in, in San Antonio. I want to see how many fans come out and support the, the gunslingers in week one. Uh, we know what we're going to see in Columbus and Carolina. We know what Columbus is going to bring, and we know what Albany is going to bring. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just – it's nice to have two defending – two champions in week one battle each other and the expansion team open up at home. So – Basically, we kind of called the schedule. We just didn't have the right matchups. <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got decent. We did it decently, I'd say. And I, you know, I think when we talked then, you know, I think having the gunslingers open up at home was a good call. Get people excited for the rest of the year right out of the gate. Um, especially they they'll have to wait until week three would be their next matchup too, because they they have it a little bit staggered more than like they don't have many back to back games or anything. You know, they got usually like one home, one away, and vice versa throughout the year. So might as well kick it off with a bang. And then, you know, that marquee matchup, I mean, Jacksonville definitely is retooled. Uh, Albany has, I would say, reconfigured itself because it's, it's gotten some quality pieces, but it's not the same pieces yet. Or there's ones that aren't haven't even announced where they're going or if they are in right now. So, you know, time will tell with that. But, I mean, it's going to be a marquee matchup just by the two names. And I imagine the Empire, as we've been hinted at, they're going to definitely increase the marketing and push to get butts in seats this year, as there should be hopes that you don't have any capacity restrictions this time around. I don't think there'll be capacity restrictions, honestly. Um, but I would hope yeah, not. <laughs> for, no, hope not when every other league is not doing any restrictions. Um, but, yeah, I think how the schedule kicks off, it's going to be unique. And I'm going to just tell the fans, we're not going to break down these games because a lot of these teams don't have half their rosters yet. Um, right now, Jacksonville and, Car- and Albany is what, Pindell versus Malik Henry? That um, sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> and in and, and Columbus, Johnson Bain versus to be determined. Mm-hmm. And in Orlando, it's to be determined versus to be determined with uh, 
It's like a lot of these players, you still have, we have quarterback battles are going to happen in training camp. So we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for these teams. And of course, there's a big question is Mason Espinosa going to come? And that's, he is the big, still free agent. And as of right now, there was rumors spreading around on Facebook the other day. Those rumors are false. So don't, we have connections with Mason. So if something happens, we'll be the first ones to know. Yes, um, that, is, that is very true. But yeah, true. it's going to be unique. It's like, it's, it's, it's going to be unique, man. It's, we could have a season where no Tommy Grady and no uh, Mason Espinosa. So it could be a two horse race between Jacksonville, Carolina this year based on rosters right now. Um, but yeah, we're a few months away, and when the season, you know, until it hits leather in April, it's going to be fun, dude. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, you come down to Jacksonville or Orlando or Columbus, and we go tailgate, do a live show somewhere, and meet the fans. And oh, by the way, fans, I just want to tell you, YouTube videos shows are coming this season. So prepare mm-hmm. yourself. You'll see my sexy face and Zach's ESPN style face pretty soon. Uh, breaking down all things National Arena League this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm slowly building up the uh, memorabilia collection for the set. I now am up to two NAL footballs. I have a Predators one and a Rough Riders one. Yes, when they were uh, originally supposed to play back in 2020, they made some football, so I have one of those. And I even have an AFL one. So I will be displaying all those in my set. That's going to be part of our videos, and you know we got got to make it look right. So... Uh, yeah, that's coming up for sure later this year. Um, just uh, still building up to that. Obviously, we still we have busyish lives between our different <laughs> stuff we're doing outside the show, but we're keeping up yeah. with the league right now as best we can. And we're we also you know I uh, we actually have an, uh, another interview I got to set up here, um, just based on talking with one of the teams that wants well one of the new coaching hires to come on the show. So I gotta I gotta get on with that when we get the chance uh but yeah it, lot, lot, stuff in the pipeline stuff in the pipeline first off i would say thank you ladies and gentlemen for downloading our shows uh really appreciate it uh sorry that we've been busy lifestyle that means i have and we look i look forward to covering games youtube videos um possibly a question type of situation with you the listeners on the live stream whatever uh, big things happening here on Inside the Walls podcast. And don't worry, IFL fans, we got something for you coming this season, too. So I want to say thank you for the support over the last couple of months. And I can't wait till the season kicks off in April. I'm excited as well. Jim, glad to have you on here, of course, as always. And just, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm excited, too. And I will, for sure, make an effort to get down to at least one NAL game this year. Um, I'm kind of... Like I said, between that, between the NAL, you know, USFL, which I started a new podcast on that, so I'm trying to gauge on when I'm going to be going down to Birmingham. And then uh, I'm also planning, funny enough, an IFL trip to uh, San Jose, California. So, you know, <laughs> definitely got plenty of football in the pipeline. I just got to organize this stuff, but I know I will make a road trip <laughs> to either Jacksonville or Columbus or, hell, Orlando, like one of those three I would say, which is most likely going to be places I will try and hit at some point. At least one of those three I will go to this year. I guarantee that. I'm going to show my age here uh, because of where you did, you're going. Back in the day, there used to be a cartoon called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's literally going to be where in the world is Zach Kalman. <laughs> <laughs> he's in San Jose. Are you sure? No, he's in Columbus. Going to the Georgia. Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we. I gotta figure those out. But I know one NAL game. We'll both of us will meet up. We'll do we'll do we'll do tailgate and show. You know, if you if you're out in one of those shows, we'll obviously or if one of those places will let you know. But it's it's gonna happen. <laughs> it'll happen <laughs> folks th- thanks for listening in appreciate you appreciate the support as always i know we're we've been doing these bi-weekly and sometimes of course uh schedules have been hectic of course for the holiday season before and now after we're trying to get back in into shape into gear with recording but thanks for sticking with us trust me we got plenty more stuff coming along with inside the walls and this second year with us covering another season when we get back to week by week analysis and thoughts on the league it's going to be rocking. You want to be along for the ride with us, and especially when we drop that YouTube channel and get it into serious gear. For my partner, Jim Mernier, I'm Zach Kylman saying so long. And, Jim, remember one thing. you gotta got to let us know that. Remember one thing, guys. Don't be a jack out of the box unless you're the Jacksonville Sharks. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned, everybody.